So have you ever heard the statement, who would do, who would do that or who would do such a thing? Or there's also a statement, it's not necessarily a statement, but it's when you just start explaining human decency to another person. It's like you're, you're explaining like the rule book of like, you know, people that are nice, they do this, you know, people don't lie, they're not deceptive. It's like when you start explaining yourself to, to people on how to like behave, chances are the person that you're explaining this to is a toxic person. And that's a red flag. Or when you, you know, that statement like, who would do such a thing? Well, there are people that would do such a thing, regardless of what it is. You know, there are people that do that. And, but the problem with our society, especially in the United States, you know, we tend to overlook red flags or we forgive and we just move forward or we tend to look at only the positive qualities of a bad person and we we don't really take into account or we we forgive a little too quickly the bad qualities rather than just questioning them like wait a minute hold on what just happened here because what happens is when we forgive a person like if they do something and we just quickly forgive and we move on in a toxic person's mind, that's like, aha, uh-huh, I see. You know, that's like a, they're taking note of that. This person quickly forgives. This quick, this person quickly moves on. And this person potentially is a pushover or, you know, whatever the case may be. So when a person does something bad or does something negative, It's okay to stop the conversation and question the situation for your own sake, for your own protection, especially if you're dating and you're just getting to know someone and you see this like red flag. And and this is the other thing too, that we, you know, we tend to overlook things because, you know, we care about people. Or like if you're dating, you may overlook red flags because the person's attractive. That happens so frequently with attractive males and females. But let me tell you something, you know, after being with a toxic person and not acknowledging the red flags, you're going to wish you had acknowledged those red flags because those red flags can really turn into severe destruction. It can turn into lawsuits. It can turn into really ugly divorces. It can turn into physical, mental abuse. And part of the, you know, what happens when you're with a toxic person is, you know, they'll they'll mirror you. So when you meet someone for the first time and you think, oh my gosh, I've just been swept off my feet and this is too good to be true. Chances are, it is too good to be true. And that is a red flag. So that person that you just meet that quickly wants to like sweep you off your feet and quickly get married, red flag. And when you think, oh my gosh, we have so much in common. 
be careful because the person that says or implies that you have so much in common, this may be the beginning stages of the grooming phase where they toxic people will mimic you. They will mimic what you wear. They will mimic what you like. They will mimic certain things about you. So you think, wow, I've just met my soulmate. When in fact, they're just copying your personality. And that's a red flag. I know someone that did this to me. And it took me a really, really, really long time to see this. And once you see it, you really understand it. Like, I mean really understand it. Because it's really creepy. And you, you start seeing yourself and your traits and even your clothing in the other person. Your taste, you know, even your hairstyle, things that you have selected you see it on the other person it's really strange and I ignored those red flags for many many years until one day there's you know it's like a lightning bolt hit me and I started really questioning like what is really happening here And we really don't have that much in common. We really don't have the same, you know, things in common. We don't have the same hopes and dreams. This was a female. This is not a male. Um, This person was just mirroring me. And it wasn't until she started kind of grooming another female and taking on the personality and the taste of the other female that I started seeing these traits because she started turning into a different person. And it's really, really bizarre. The only analogy that I can mention or that really comes to mind is single white female where they their hair is just like yours you know they even say things like you know I've grown you know I'm taller I'm thinner I'm I have different hair color it's like they're morphing into a whole different person they're like a chameleon and it's almost like they're stealing your identity but they're they're not stealing your identity they're just copying you And it's really a strange feeling. And it's really toxic. And once you kind of separate yourself from the person and you step back, you see how desperate and toxic and how they idealized you. And then once they go move on to the next person, they start devaluing you. And there is this obsessive trait and they, they groom you at the beginning stage and then they move on and they groom the other person. 
and by grooming they like love bomb you like you're like the greatest thing you're like the best person that they've ever met you're like amazing you're the smartest most beautiful you're you're like everything to them and you actually start you know believing this about yourself like wow I, I never thought about myself that way And then what they do, once they start love bombing you, at the same time what they do is they start complaining about themselves. They start putting themselves down. And then if, you know, as they're putting themselves down, you know, they, you start saying, oh no, you're not, don't say that about yourself. Don't, don't do that about yourself. That's, you know, don't don't put yourself down or no don't do that or or they'll share something really awful about their family or an ex and you'll like try to give them support and all the while that you're doing this that you're giving them support they are inching forward and pushing your boundary so there's this kind of they're cutting themselves self down and they could be making up a story this may not even be a true story they will give you this they will play victim and share toxic stories about their past and they're basically treating you like like you're their therapist and they'll pretend like they're seeking advice like yeah I don't know what to do you know my ex was so horrible or my husband treats me poorly or my my boss is crazy and I don't know what to do. And so you start giving them advice. That's how it starts. Or you start feeling bad for them. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is happening to you. That sounds awful. Well, maybe you should, you know, talk to HR. You start giving them advice. And this is what happens. As, they're, as you're giving them advice, they're pushing their way, inching their way very, very slowly into your life. And next thing you know, they're calling you more frequently, they're texting you more frequently, and this is how they're kind of slipping their way in through the front door. Through this, I'm a victim, please help me, please help me, please help me, I don't know what to do. And then they're pushing it slowly. There's this push in, I'm a victim, but, but they're pushing their way in. And at the same time, they're mirroring you. Oh, you're so fabulous. You're so wonderful. You have everything together. You're, you have this perfect life. Oh, I have an awful job. I have an awful boss. You know, my, my ex-husband treated me horribly or my ex-wife treated me horribly. I don't know what to do. Well, the, you know, in some cases, people be like, oh, well, I'll help you. Do you need some money? Or maybe you can move in with me. Like if things move too fast, the person plays victim, victim, victim. And the next thing you know, they're moving into your apartment or they're moving into your house. So they're, they are working their way into your life to take over your life. It's about power and control. They're pushing and pushing and pushing because they have an agenda. That's to take over your life. But you don't know that. 
And so you may share like stories that happened to you with this person. Like, oh yeah, I understand. You know, back, you know, a few years ago, this happened to me. And they're like, oh, and they're jotting that down in their brain. They're taking note of anything negative that happened to you. And the reason that they do this is because years down the road, they're going to use it against you. That's ammunition for them. And you don't know when that negative information that you shared with them privately is going to come back and bite you in the ass. That's how they work. So don't share anything personal. You don't need to share anything personal with anyone, quite frankly, unless you have a therapist. And that's really where you need to work it out is with your therapist because it stays contained. You know, toxic people will ruin your life. They'll inch their way into your world and then once they're in your apartment, in your house, they will wreak havoc and you won't even understand what happened. And it's a trap. You know, if you think of like a mouse and cheese and, you know, it's really, they're setting a trap. And you don't even understand that you're the one. If you take the bait, you're going to be trapped. This is the emotional abuser's trap. And narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths are master experts at this. And it will feel amazing at first. And in the end, it's going to feel like you just stepped out of hell. You may not even look the same. You you, you could take before and after photos and compare. What did I look like when I met this person? What did I look like at the end of the relationship? Probably a lot different. Because of the damage that this person has done. They set a trap. And it's a trap that no unsuspecting victim could hope to escape from. It's not a physical trap. It's a mental trap. that people I hear so much about depression and anxiety and you know bipolar I, I don't believe in labels I do not believe in labeling people because the mind changes every day it change it can change within the hour one one hour at three o'clock you may have anxiety 20 minutes later you don't you know you can think of a memory and then you have anxiety. Or you can be around a negative person, you have anxiety. That doesn't mean that you you should be diagnosed with anxiety. The mind is always shifting. And I believe that when you go through therapy, you're always changing. 
If you go through therapy, you're always healing, you're always improving. Those labels don't mean anything. Honestly, the labels are for insurance purposes only. So if you go to a psychiatrist, yeah, they'll put a label on you, but that's not for you. That's for insurance coding. And so when a person's labeled your, you know, I don't know, borderline personality or your, you have anxiety or social anxiety disorder or whatever it is, then people hold on to that. Oh, I'm this. This is my disability. And that's not good. Because the labels are for insurance. And therapists, psychoanalysts don't label people. The labeling is what psychiatrists do for insurance so that they can bill. And based on your symptoms, they have to put something down. So, you know, if you're impulsive or if you're angry, if you're XYZ, but you may be that in the moment, but the next day you may not be. You know, you may feel that way for a month. The next month you may not be. Because the mind changes. Plus, I think that we have a ridiculous high amount of just medicating people. It's too much medication. When the symptom may be just angry, you know, the anger, the person's angry or they're, they're grieving or they're sad. You know, so what, you're going to take a pill for sadness? How about we talk about why you're sad and heal the sadness and then you can be healthy again. I mean, that's what the, the pills are for emotions. We have emotional pills. You know, they call it, oh, it's a chemical imbalance. No, it's not. It's an emotional pill. If you're bipolar, that means you have anger issues. It's not a chemical imbalance. You're angry. You have repressed anger that triggers you. Okay, let's talk about the anger. Let's figure out what's making you angry and resolve that. That's where I I really have a... I struggle a lot with psychiatrists, as you can see. I understand that people do need medication to maybe help them get through the day or to get help them get through their job. I get that. But my point is, you know, help people identify toxic people first so that they don't get involved with toxic people. They can protect themselves with toxic people. They, don't, they can avoid relationships with toxic people. And then they don't have to be medicated because they don't have the trauma from being in, around a toxic person. So many people that I've worked with you know, are on medication because they're recovering from being hurt or traumatized by 
a narcissist. But once you're free and you you get out of that relationship, whether it's with a, a partner or with parents, whatever it is, you have the opportunity to explore yourself and your memories and you can begin to create a healthy person again, a healthy mind, a healthy self-respect. You can't do that when you're still in an abusive relationship. You have to, you know, it's amazing once you step away, like like my one, the person that I described, it's amazing when you step away from the person. You can see a lot clearer. When you step away and just observe people. You know, when you step away and you step back and you look at, you know, is this an equal relationship? Is this an equal balance? Is this other, am I putting in all the effort or is the other person also putting in equal effort? If it's 50-50 and both parties are putting in equal effort, fine. But if one person's always putting in the effort, which is usually the case when you're in a relationship with a narcissist or a sociopath or a psychopath, they train you so that you're doing all the work. You know, and then when you leave and you get out of the relationship, you know, it's not uncommon to have physical symptoms. You know, that's what toxic people, they, they really wreak havoc. You know, people feel physically sick. You know, some people have dis- I'm not talking anxiety, I'm talking about other physical ailments. And then you think, why would you subject yourself to this? It's because these people are so sneaky and they're so covert. And you trust them. But you need to recognize the red flags. Just because someone's attractive or you're attracted to the person doesn't mean that they're a good person. Just because this person is a sibling or a parent doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good person. It just means that they're a relative. Just because you share the same blood or genetics with another person doesn't mean that they're a good person. There's a lot of people out there that, are, that do a lot of damage and don't take responsibility. And usually those people are people in our own circle. Listen to your body because our body is trying to protect you. You know, our bodies, you know, when we get anxiety, that's a red flag. Why do you get anxiety? Listen to your body. When we have physical 
problems in our body, those are red flags telling us something. Listen to your body. You know, if people really took more time and they were more cautious, you know, we do so much research when we buy products, like when we're buying the latest iPhone or we're buying a car or we're buying a new pair of shoes or we're buying a new handbag, you know, we are we buying new cosmetics. We do so much research on the item. Or we'll do so much comparison. You know, what about this brand? Or what about this brand? Or if we're buying something on sale, you know, I women just naturally do a lot of research. Or when they go grocery shopping, you know, they'll look at the ingredients. You know, they'll look at the ingredients and the cost and how to save money and... You know, all these different mental exercises that women go through, you know, when they are consuming product, whether it be a new accessory or they're consuming food or not consuming food. Maybe a woman's on a diet because she wants to lose a few pounds. So, you know, she's saying to herself, well, I need to cut out carbs because I need to lose 10 pounds, which is great. It's not easy, but it's great. Okay, so I'm going to cut out carbs because I'm going to lose weight and that's going to help me feel better. Okay, so what if we took that same mindset of doing research and cutting out carbs, things that are bad for us, that will make us feel better if we cut that out if we did the, if we took the same mindset and applied it to toxic people what if i cut out people that are let's just rattle off a few characteristics love bomb me red flag. Let's cut them out. What if we cut out people that are rude to me or mean to me or not there for me? Cut them out. They're carbs. They're human carbs. They're not healthy for me. And I'm saying like these are people that we don't know and we're just meeting for the first time. I'm not talking about people that are currently in our life. But we don't consume these people. Don't consume the toxic people because it's not healthy for our body. Just like carbs. If you consume too many carbs, you're going to get fat. You're going to have health problems. You're not going to feel good and you're going to be put on medication. It's the same logic when you apply that to toxic people. If you think of toxic people that are abusive and degrade you and devalue you and tell you you're stupid or they're just not there for you or they ignore you, that's the other one. 
you're dating someone and they're just flat out ignoring you and they're just not there for you, they're not present, they're a carb. That's a carb. That's a human carbohydrate. Get rid of it. Carbohydrates, you know, unless you're running a marathon, then you need carbohydrates. Otherwise, you don't need that many carbohydrates. You know, there's good carbs, there's bad carbs. I'm talking about like the pasta and the bread. You know, narcissists and psychopaths and sociopaths are a lot like the bad carbs. And if you consume them... If you allow those people into your life, just like the the bad carbs at the grocery store, you will pay a price. You will get sick. You will get fat. You will get put on medication. You'll get some health diagnosis. You'll be put on, you know, some type of medication. And some people never recover. Some people get fibromyalgia. Some people get a lot of different body pain. Some people get major depression. You can heal all of that, by the way. That's not... You can heal all of that. You can heal fibromyalgia. You can heal depression. You can heal anxiety. But my point is... We need to stop allowing these toxic people in our life. We need to recognize the red flags. You know, it's one thing if you, if you keep eating bread and you keep putting on weight and you're like, I don't know why I keep putting on weight. Something's wrong with me. And you keep eating pizza and bread and pasta and you're like, I don't know why I put packed on 20 pounds. I can tell you why. You're eating too many carbs. You're not getting enough exercise. That's just, I'm not diagnosing anyone, but that's just a simple, you know, if you you consume too many carbs, you're going to put on weight. And by the way, I'm trying to lose a few pounds. So, you know, I've eaten too many carbs myself. I'm cutting carbs out of my diet. But if you don't know this, you know, it's something to learn. You need to increase protein and cut out carbs. Not a lot of people know that. Just like a lot of people don't know how to recognize toxic people. once you learn you know I wish someone would have sat me down when I was in my teenage years when I was 15 16 years old I think they should give a class on this how to recognize a toxic person you know as a female I wish someone I wish you know my school would have taught me how to recognize a toxic man how to recognize a toxic woman these are the traits to look for this is what to stay away from. Because to be honest, it would have saved me a lot of time. It would have saved me a lot of energy. It would have really helped me understand a lot. Because when you're young, you don't know, you think it's you. 
You think you're the problem. That's how slick they are. They make you feel like you're the problem. And you're not. That's how slick they are. That's how dangerous they are. They really do a head trip on you. And I think people that are really kind-hearted and good people, they even have sympathy for these dangerous people. But it's best just to stay away from them. Because some people, some narcissists are so dangerous that they just don't stop. They'll keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until they've, you know, broken their way into your life, into your home, into your world. And then they wreak havoc. They're like cockroaches. Once they're in, or like a tick, get under the skin and the thing that narcissists and sociopaths and psychopaths hate the most the thing that they hate the most are boundaries boundaries are really important and when you're dealing with a narcissist, just say the word no. Nope, I can't. Nope. No, I can't talk right now. Nope. If you just test people, if you're just meeting someone the first time, just say no a few times. See how they react. If they're res- respectful of your, you know, no, I can't, I can't go this time, or no, this doesn't work, that's a boundary. Boundary, you gotta have really, really strong boundaries. That's how you protect yourself. These people just push and push and push. It's a game for them. But don't be fooled. Because you can learn how to play the game. You know, they're manipulative. Don't play the game. That's how you win. Don't play. You know, it's difficult. You know, there's some people that they come across as so sweet and you think that they're so nice. Then over it takes time to really see the the other side of them. It takes time to see people's patterns.
but you know really look for their stories and if and if they're lying or telling the truth you know are they lying are they triangulating Narcissists, they resent the happiness and love. They can't deal with it. They don't like happiness and love irritates the narcissist. So if you're a happy person and you are full of love, it's like you're dealing in the narcissist. There's not one narcissist that loves love or loves happiness it's like you're dealing with like the devil it's like the devil in disguise because they hate love they hate happiness it makes them like resentful it makes them like passive-aggressive it's really bizarre but if you know this you can see it in their subtle behavior and you can almost tell yourself like, oh, that's right, you hate happiness. You hate love. So when I try to give you love, it's gonna make you resentful. When I try to be happy, it's gonna make you resentful, almost bitter. Because you're dealing with someone that's almost like, it's, it's like dealing with like the devil, it's really bizarre. They hate love, happiness, and joy. They despise these qualities. Because it's a reminder of everything that they can't feel. They can't feel these qualities. They will mirror you when they first meet you. That they will act happy. They will act joyful. They will act that they can experience love. But they can't. Deep down in their soul, they don't feel that. And that's what's really, to me, that's what's really fascinating. They can mirror you all, all you want, but if you feel love and happiness and joy in your heart and in your soul, that's a beautiful thing. They see it as stupid. Your smiles and laughter are strange to them, and it's a nagging reminder to them that they're soulless. That they don't have a soul. It's like they... And that's what makes them so pathological. And you can see it in certain people's eyes. Like they, they're almost like they don't have a soul. So when you're laughing and joking and you're telling funny stories, you're just so... You woke up and you're like, I'm having a really beautiful day today. That's like nails on a chalkboard for a narcissist. They hate that. They hate that. It's almost like kryptonite. So if you want to really irritate a toxic person, Be happy, be joyful, feel love, be love, because that's kryptonite to them. They hate it. 
because they have to trick someone. You know, that's what's so, I don't want to say it's sad, because it's not sad. It's This is who they are. They're dangerous people. But, you know, they have to love bomb people. They have to mirror other people's emotions. They have to trick someone to fall in love with them because they don't feel love, joy, and happiness. So they have to trick someone. That's how pathetic they are. And if you fall in love with someone like that, you, you do not, you're not going to see that right away. But once you do see it, once you understand it, it's best just to get out of the relationship. Because they're dangerous people. You will never, ever, ever change them. Those are human qualities. That's who they are. And they will break you down. That's their goal. They want to break you down. And the really pathological ones, they'll go so far as destroy you. They can't handle love. They can't handle happiness. And you will be deeply wounded by the pain that this person will inflict upon you. And it will take years and years to fully comprehend what happened to you. And it will take time and therapy to heal you. That's why I want to emphasize it's best to recognize these traits and to leave these types of people or to not get involved with them at all. That's why I have so many podcasts on this. I can't emphasize it enough. Breakups with narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths are much different than breakups with a normal, healthy human being. They, it takes longer to recover. It just takes so much longer to recover. You don't heal as fast. It takes time to get your heart and your soul back into place. You know, you gotta re find the happiness and the joy and the love. You gotta bring that back. You gotta bring the power back to yourself. It's still there. But these narcissists are so dangerous. They're, they wanna destroy it. It's so much like the devil. It's like the devil in disguise. It takes time, but going no contact is the best way. You know, these people will injure you severely and they will injure your spirit. You know, normal people are, they have empathy. 
normal people have a soul and the narcissists, although they try to kill your soul, they try to kill your spirit, they can't. They can't kill your soul. It will take time, but you're, you will be healed. The journey is about you. You need to take your power back. Find your happiness. Find your joy. Find the love because it's still inside of you. You were in love with a toxic person who manufactured fake love. And they mirrored you and manipulated you. That's what happened. And it's painful to lose someone that you loved. But the human spirit... It's not real love when you fall in love with someone that doesn't feel love or doesn't feel joy or doesn't feel happiness. That's not a real love. That's not a reciprocated love relationship. That's a manipulated, manufactured relationship. It's best to move on.